Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. judgment. There was no second chance for them. No second chance for the ungodly men and women who were destroyed by the flood or were destroyed, you know, in, in Sodom and Gomorrah. No, quite the contrary. He, he says that it's permanent and it's intended to serve as an example to those who in the future might make the same bad choices. You see what he's saying? It's, it's intended to be a deterrent. It's like this. No, this is, this is a permanent thing. When you die, it's over. No more chances. It's either judgment or reward. When we die, judgment is final. In today's message from Pastor Robert, he teaches us through the book of 1 Peter that there are no second chances once we've died to turn to the Lord. The decision to follow Christ needs to be made while we're still alive here on this earth. Don't wait to receive Christ as your Savior. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now turn to chapter 3 of 1 Peter, and let's join Pastor Robert with part 1 of his message. First Peter chapter 3, one more time. We're going to finish chapter 3 and get into chapter 4 just a little bit. So if you'll open your Bibles, we're going to pick it up at verse 18. This passage that we're digging into right now in the latter part of of 1 Peter chapter 3 is one of the more difficult passages in the Bible. You know, Martin Luther's um, commentary on it, he basically said, I don't have a clue what Peter was talking about. That's basically what Martin Luther's commentary on this paragraph. He's like, I don't know what Peter meant by this. But a tradition has developed based on a misunderstanding of this passage that I feel like we need to talk about. You know, quite often when somebody experiences the death of someone they love, They'll come to me and say, would you pray for, you know, uncle so-and-so, whatever. Whoever it is they love who has died, they want me to pray for that dead person. And that, that's based on a misunderstanding of this passage and traditions that have developed that we need to consider. You know, the, the idea that Jesus gives a second chance to the dead to repent and turn to him. That's what we want to talk about. Where did that come from? And is it accurate? And I don't believe it is. I'll, I'll give you that clue. But 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins. Now stop right there for just a second. He's pointing us back to the previous passage. Remember last week we talked about sometimes we Christians suffer, for, you know, and, and the Bible tells us that that's actually not a bad thing if you're suffering for doing good. It is a bad thing if you're suffering because you deserve to suffer because you did some bad stuff. You don't want to be one who suffers going to prison because you committed a crime is not a good thing. Going to prison because you were proclaiming Christ and doing good, he says you're blessed. That's, you're blessed if that happens. 
And he says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison. See, that's where it gets controversial. Who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight souls, were saved through water. Now, at first glance, the Bible seems to be saying that Jesus went to hell after he was crucified and gave one last shot at forgiveness to all those people who perished long ago in the flood, you know, when Noah was, you know, built built up. But that's not what Peter's saying here. The spirits in prison to whom he refers were rebellious angels, not people. Now, why do I say that? Because the word that he used here, the Greek word that Peter used that's translated right here, spirits, it's, it's a word that's used in the New Testament almost exclusively to refer to angels. It's not used for people. It's used to describe fallen angels or, you know, angels in general, but here fallen angels. And what it's saying in this passage is that, that Jesus, after he was crucified, actually proclaimed his victory. You know, preaching is not always offering an invitation to someone to turn. It's proclamation. When you see the word preached or preaching or preaching, it's, it's talking about presenting something, proclaiming something. And what Jesus was proclaiming, I believe, was what he did. It's finished. Death is defeated. Sin has been conquered. Not offering imprisoned angels a second chance. In his second letter, Peter points out in chapter 2, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 says, God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. And did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, a proclaimer of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. Now, see, we, we know that not all fallen angels, not all of the, the wicked rebellious angels are, are currently in chains. They're not all currently in prison, but apparently some of them are. Jude says in verse 6 of his short little epistle, the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Everlasting chains. They don't get out. They don't get a second chance. They don't get out of prison. The chains that God used is they're permanent. You see that? It's very similar wording to what we see in, in Peter. And it's describing these angels who left their own abode. There, there was apparently, you know, they, they have limits, right? And we see that in Job. There, you know, there, there are limits there. We see in, in another passage, and, and I'm right now drawing a, a blank here, a little mental block, but where Jesus was telling the, the story of Lazarus the beggar and the rich man, and the rich man, you know, could see... Lazarus being comforted, the rich man was there in torment, the Bible says. He could see off in the distance the, the, the beggar was being comforted in Abraham's bosom. And he, he's talking to Abraham, saying, hey, can you send me, you know, send some help to, you know, wet my tongue. And, and he, he, Abraham said, no, it's impossible. 
because there's, there's a chasm between us. You know, we can't, can't cross that. Well, apparently some of the fallen angels did and therefore have been imprisoned by God permanently until the, the day of his final judgment. No, no second chance for them. No second chance for the ungodly men and women who were destroyed by the flood or were destroyed, you know, in, in Sodom and Gomorrah. No, quite the contrary. He, he says that it's permanent and it's intended to serve as an example to those who in the future might make the same bad choices. You see what he's saying? It's, it's intended to be a deterrent. It's like, this. no, this is, this is a permanent thing. When you die, it's over. No more chances. It's either judgment or reward. Hebrews 9.27 tells us that. It's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. There's, that's it. At the time of the great flood, millions, possibly billions of people were destroyed by the outpouring of God's wrath. You know, a lot of times we think of, you know, the, the days of Noah, we, we think, you know, that was the ancient world. There weren't that many people, you know, the population was, was less, but we had an instructor point out to us 20 something years ago, listen, just read the Bible and do the math. They lived a long time and they had a lot of babies. So if you just do the numbers, there could have been more people on planet earth in Noah's day than there are now. Just Read the Bible and do the math. So let's just say for the sake of argument, though, that that's not the case, right? And that there were only a million people on the planet. He says only eight people were rescued. Interesting to consider, right? It's something that, uh, you know, as I was thinking about this, it occurred to me. These days in Hollywood, apocalyptic storylines have been fairly popular. All kinds of films have been made with, you know, end-time scenarios, Right? Some sort of apocalypse happens on planet Earth and civilization is destroyed and there's, you know, just near total annihilation of humanity. Elysium is one. You remember that? Was it Tom Cruise in that one? You know, and they created a colony somewhere else, Mars or the moon or someplace, I don't know. And the book of Eli was another one. There's an apocalyptic, kind of, the Hunger Games, it's the same kind of deal. It's, you know, sort of after the apocalypse. The, the focus almost always is on the survivors. And, you know, I got curious about this. There have been dozens of them. Matter of fact, I, Wikipedia listed a bunch of them. I just Googled apocalyptic movies. I found over 120. Fascination with this. Why? I, I, you know what? I, I think all of humanity kind of knows we ain't got much time. This is winding down. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. Are you part of a local church community? It's important to have a faith-based community around you as you continue to seek all that God has for your life. With more on that, here's Pastor Robert. Thanks, Chris. You know, if you're looking for a way to get closer to Jesus and you're in the Miami area, we've got a plan. We started something a few years ago that we talk, we call it Intensive Christian Training, ICT for short. It's three phases, begins with just uh, dinner together um, in a group setting every Thursday night. You do that for about 10 or 11 weeks and just go through the basics. What is Christianity, but you're doing it around a meal with a group of people that you really connect with and, and get to know. So if that sounds like something you might be interested in and you're in our Miami-Dade area, reach out to us, MainThingRadio.com. Thanks, Pastor Robert. For more information, visit MainThingRadio.com. 
that's all we have time for today. But thanks for tuning in. Join us next time to continue studying God's Word right here on Main Thing Radio.